episode of The Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. And I'm Christine. And on today's episode, we're doing something we have not officially done before. We've talked about doing this as an exercise uh, of doing a taking a close look at a film and the book it was adapted from. Uh, And we have certainly talked about that in detail because I think both you and I are big readers and big movie people, obviously, and Mm -hmm. enjoy the act of comparing and contrasting and pulling things from one and the other and all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what is the property in question that we are doing that with today? Well, we're going to be talking about the 2006 novel 2008 movie the ruins the ruins which is a two-syllable word i don't know if you were aware ruins ruins so i'm i'm along you, do you say runes okay so i'm <laughs> from long island and long island obviously has a lot of accent details of which you have no doubt heard uh but one of the i do not have a strong long island accent at all i i can you know when i get drunk angry or tired it comes out but in general like i I actually you know have worked over the last 40 years to sort of call that a bit Mm -hmm. but one thing that i didn't ever realize and i don't know if this is long island or if this was just like my family uh one day i must have been talking about um, oh, I think I was saying, using the word R-U-I-N as a verb. I said, you know, oh, I don't like to wear, um, you know, I don't like to drink fruit punch because it always ruins my clothes. Mm-hmm. And my husband, like, who's from Kentucky, looked at me. He's like, it what? It what? What's your clothes? Like, it, it ruins it. He's like, oh, it ruins? Yeah, it, it ruins. Why are you? What, what is going on here? Uh, and that's when I learned about diphthongs. Yeah. Diphthongs are when you have a word that has two two distinct vowel sounds together. So poem, museum, ruin. Uh, those are I guess supposed to be pronounced as two syllable words. In my entire life, I've I've said museum. I have not said museum. And uh, weirdly enough, when I would use ruins as a as a noun, when I would talk about them in the historical context and the way they're used in this book. Uh, I would say it is two syllables, but when I said it as a verb, I thought it was one. So um, now I make a point of being extra annoyingly enunciating the two syllables of any diphthong. And um, <laughs> it probably, I don't know if it makes me sound like an idiot or like I'm really pretentious, but it's been my new armor. So The Ruins by wow. Scott Smith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. That's very, that's very funny. Um I never noticed that you did that ever. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I guess it's subtle and, and 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 cool. Maybe I thought you sounded cool and like. Oh, I thank you. Uh, that was Long refined. Island. It's really, it really was <laughs> setting the standard. I, in general, lady. like nobody really says poem, but I I guess people say poem and not poem, or museum and not museum. So it's I don't know. L- listen to it now in your daily life and hear hear okay. how people say it. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which did you, so to go back in time to 2006 or 2008, Mm -hmm. what was your experience with both of these? Which one did you do first? When did you do it? When did you revisit it? All that stuff. Um, So I definitely watched the movie first. Uh, In the theaters Uh, or on Netflix DVD like I did back in the day? Probably rented it or streamed it. I don't remember when I watched it. I know that the first time I watched it, I was unimpressed. Um, mm. so that'll kind of give you, a t- so it might've been 2009. Okay. There's, yep. there's a, there's a switch that gets flipped mm. for me where I become a lot, um, a lot less focused on what I like and more focused on 
is this a good film? Not, mm. did I like this film? So I, I remember being unimpressed the first time I saw it. I then rewatched it, um, probably because I'm all for giving stuff another chance. Mm-hmm. And that was probably within the last five to seven years that I rewatched it. Um, and then I loved it. When I watched it again, I thought, Jesus Christ, this movie is beautifully filmed. Um, it looks stunning. And that's when I looked up Carter Smith and I realized that he had been a photographer mm-hmm, yeah. and just has such a beautiful eye. Um, and, and I thought the character work was, I didn't, I guess I didn't notice how, how good the character work was the first yeah. time I watched it. Um, and then I fell in love with it. And since that, I've watched it probably three or four times. I wrote about it. I wrote an article for Dread Central about it. Ooh, um, make sure you put the link up for that. I will. Yes. Um, just basically about um, the, the thing that affected me the most, I guess, is just how completely fucked they are. And so yeah. that was the that was the angle of my article. Because every time I watch it now, there's a point where I go, like, don't go. Every time I can't, I can't help it. Every don't do it. Don't go. I had that same moment watching it because having read the book right before it, when they're in the woods and they they find they almost got past the path, and you're and I was thinking in my head that thing that you have sometimes when you watch, even when you watch a movie, you know, and you're like, maybe they'll walk by it this time. Maybe they won't see it. (laughs) No, obviously they will. It's a ninety minute movie. They have to do it. But and and that's the angle that I've that I've approached the story Mm. with so many times, and that that told. me like oh no you you are involved with these characters it has effectively worked on you where you worry on their behalf even though you know what's going to happen yes so i i went to listen to the audiobook probably last year maybe the year before um narrated by patrick wilson which i will say over and over again (laughs) very good um i thought i got about halfway in hindsight it was probably a little bit more like 75 percent i never Mm. finished it and then, because their library took it back, and then I just, I guess, started reading something else. And then uh, you said, let's read it. So then I read it from scratch in a book. I didn't listen to it. I read it, which was a different experience. Sure. Yeah, this this would be, I, I'm not a big audiobook person. I just don't have that relationship with audiobooks where they don't mm-hmm. work for me that way. But I feel like this on the page is a very particular experience that um and even that it's and again i because i don't do audiobooks a lot but i know a lot of audiobooks where it is multiple perspectives because this is it's third person but it's i guess third person character omniscient it rotates points of view Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i'm almost surprised that it's not it doesn't rotate four or even two that you don't have a man and a woman or two men and two women doing the four characters that are narrating it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and, and he does, he does a fantastic job and it's extremely like compelling and, but there, there it allows for, I think a level of detachment. Whereas mm. if you're reading it and, and you are giving these characters voices and they're yeah. rotating, like you, it's inescapable. You cannot escape when Amy's freaking out and you cannot get away from Eric. And it's very like, mm-hmm. It's very immersive. So I think, obviously, I believe audiobooks are reading. Like, I don't think, yes. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, but no, like, no, I agree. But, like, I personally found the the sitting with the book and reading experience to be um, more impactful. Mm. Yeah, I probably watched the movie around the same time you did. I know, it, I mean, it came out in the theaters at a really interesting time in horror because it was the glut of remakes. It was where, yep. you know, 2008, every every movie in the theaters is either 
a like original torture porny movie mm-hmm. or it is a remake of something that's either really brutal or it's a PG-13 CW pretty people cast movie. Mm-hmm. And this one probably one of the few that year that was you know i mean it's based on a novel but a completely original property it's not a franchise it never it it, it didn't do that well i think which is again not surprising because it's not the easiest sell of a movie and never had sequels um i have never heard talks of a remake but i wouldn't be surprised if at some point it does and that would be i don't think there's a need to i don't mm-hmm. think there's a need to you know, find a different angle in the material because I think this is a really, and we'll I mean we'll get to that when we talk about the actual adaptation of it. But um, yeah, I I don't see a need to look at this again from a different point of view. But sure, I wouldn't be against a remake if somebody has a reason to do it at some point. Um, I read the book. I remember finding the book because I have this big clunky hardcover that I definitely got for a. Oh, it's the price is even on there. I got it for a dollar at a used. <laughs> must have been like a Whoa. used bookstore or like the Strand. It was somewhere, and trying to figure out when I actually read it because this edition was 2006. So who knows? Um, I would probably say I read it in like 2010 or so. It's been a while, mm-hmm. and then you know a month ago picked it up again and reread it and it um yeah there it's it is such an interesting exercise because scott smith who also did a simple plan which is the other um probably big thing he's known for uh he also did the screenplay for the ruins and you i don't know it's the closest thing i can think of to it in terms of how those work um was the movie and book the girl with all the gifts Remember the yes, zombie movie Glenn I, Close? I, I have read that book and watched that movie. Yeah, and it's the same, I believe the author of the novel is also doing the screenplay for that movie. And it's simil- a similar thing to where it's really close story structure-wise, but it's just different things done with characters and with casting in a way that is like one of the, I think, probably like most ideal situations for a writer to be able to like the reason for adapting their work right because it's okay uh, here's my work now but now I'm translating it to a different medium Mm -hmm. but I'm still involved in it so I'm gonna keep what I know is really important but it's also film so I understand I'm gonna shuffle things I'm going to condense characters I'm going to you know read rework some things in a way that's gonna do something different on screen than it does in the book uh, and I mean, both I think work really well in that regard. So how? So you enjoyed? I mean, obviously you enjoyed both the experience of reading it and watching it. It sounds like this go around. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, re- rewatched it like a couple days ago, and it. I I, I ju- there are certain shots that I will just like. This at this point, my husband and I have both seen it multiple times, so I'm mm-hmm. talking through it, right? So there are a couple shots where I'll just fully be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, he knows what he's doing." Yeah, I'll just yell, "Ah, oh, what is he?" Car- Carter Smith knows it constantly, constantly, yep. and that it's it's them against the 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 sky is just yeah. so striking, and 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 what's amazing, what's really wonderful is that when you've seen the movie multiple times, and then you sit and read the book, like really immersed in it, you can he translates what's there so yes. beautifully. Like I that this the descriptions of like the in the well, the little hole with their faces peeking over mm, is yeah. is written so 
so viscerally and you really feel it. And then, and then that's how he films it. And it's like, yeah, that's what I pictured. There it is. Yeah. It's a very cinematic novel. Like you, and yeah. I mean, again, Scott Smith had been more a screenwriter than a novelist. And even when he, I like pulled a quote, he had like talked about writing it and his quote was, I stumbled into it. It had been a long time since I'd attempted a novel and I began the ruins more as an exercise than anything else. I thought I would simply start writing and see where it went. I didn't have much of an outline or much of a sense of the characters. I wasn't even certain if I'd pursue it very far. And it, it's funny because reading it, like one of the things that I think is interesting to it as a novel is that it, there are no chapters. Yeah. It is just like it starts. And for me, especially like as somebody who's, normally reads on the Kindle or not normally but like often reads on the Kindle I'm so used now to like knowing when a chapter ends just because mm -hmm. it says it in my Kindle and it's easy then for me to say like okay good I'll read one more chapter and then go to sleep uh and the rune's like no there's there's nothing like there's breaks to new character points of view but it is just one long like it's this day, we go out to the ruins, and now it's eventually over. And by the way, if we hadn't said it, like, we're going to spoil both the book and, and movie. So if you haven't done either, please do both, because we're going to talk in detail about things. Yeah. The, um, uh, I guess if, if you, you haven't seen it, Christine, it's still my favorite part of the show. Can you give a plot synopsis of the ruins? Okay, so this is a broad one for both. Okay. <laughs> So, so four American tourists uh, make friends with some other tourists from other countries, uh, Germany and Greece, respectively, mm -hmm. and um, decide to go to some weird ruins that the German dude's brother had gone to with some broad. Um, so they decide to make this trek to these ruins. A bunch of people don't really want to go, but they do it anyways. Mm -hmm. um, the really, nobody wants to go except Matthias and, and oh. I was going to say Jonathan Tucker, but never suddenly read Jeff. Jeff. We're going to have to talk about. So in the movie, it's Matthias. I read it as Matthias. And then now you said And now Matthias. I said Matthias. Yes. Oh, You're right. So no I guess idea. I don't know either. I mean, Joe and Joe Anderson isn't German. So I feel like we can I kind know. of say anything and be right. I know. I wasn't really sure. Um, but they all go to the ruins. They find the ruins. Um they 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 get herded onto these these Aztec Mayan Mayan I believe I think it's ruins? Mayan Mayan ruins they get herded onto them and uh, the local villagers will not let them leave mm -hmm. and then it's a it's a discovery of what the ruins actually are killer that's plants what, that's what it's about it's about killer plants killer plants and what's funny is I really I didn't really get so they feel very much like plants in the movie. It's like, oh, it's a it's a plant. It's right, like there's a, a flower. There's a pretty red flower. Yeah. But reading the book, I really got the sense that it was more animal than anything. Well, it's yeah. I mean, it is not a like it is not only a plant. It can I, talk. It can I, feel. I, it, yeah. I feel like. But am I wrong? I feel like the movie, it just lets us sit with like, yeah, it's a vine. It's fine. It's a vine. And we don't, but I, in the book, I get the sense of like, especially when Jeff is observing it, mm. like all the shit that it does, he very much, he gets, it, I feel like it walks up to the line of straight up saying, oh, this is like a mammal <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's very interesting. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, not I just at all. was really struck by by that difference because maybe it's just me and the way that I was ingesting both of it, but I never get the sense in the movie that it's anything other than like a a, a bad plant. But like in the book yeah. it's like, "Oh no, this is like a monster." 
Yeah, the, I mean, there's one conversation, I can't remember where it falls, when they're talking a little bit ab- about, like, what what is this? And I think it's when they point out of the, this, like, it's kind of when they're, they're realizing how doomed they are, of, we're not getting out of here, nobody gets out of here, there's a reason why there are no animals, there are no birds, there are no insects on this mountain. Mm-hmm. The ecosystem has learned that this spot here is cursed and these this has to be here. But you're right. And I think in the, because I think a big part of what the movie does really well and smartly is it understands killer vines are a really hard sell. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably one of the probably many reasons why this didn't attract a huge immediate audience when it came out because if you started describing it as like oh yeah there's a new horror movie out oh what's it called the ruins oh okay what's it uh yeah it's like plants oh what like and the movie understands that it knows the limits of that Mm -hmm. it really does is smart about not overshowing them or overusing them and i think like because I listened, I watched it, and I also listened, watched it with the commentary. It's Carter Smith and the editor doing the commentary, and they talk a lot about how they like the main decisions they kept making was: do we need to show less of the of the vines? Did we show too much of it here? Should we pull, take that shot out? Because I think it really you because there's it's one of those things. It's like we talk about this. My husband and I always talk about decapitations on screen. Mm-hmm. It, you, it is. <laughs> really difficult to show a full decapitation and have it be scary because as soon as you have a head it's funny it is naturally funny to see a head fall off or a head do anything mm-hmm. and i think it's like similar with okay but you have killer plants right yeah but they they just kind of wind over you right but they're just plants like and i think the movie is wise about we can't the plants in themselves visually are not scary it is Everything that is developing why they are so scary. Mm -hmm. It is that there is nothing on this mountain that the, and this is something like one big uh, plot thing that happens in the movie that does not happen in the book is that the Mayans, uh, and again, we, we don't really know them. They are not a point of view. They speak a language that they cannot communicate with the Americans and the um, and the Greek and the German. Nobody understands what they're saying. So we never fully know exactly what's going on in their heads. But it seems pretty clear in the book that, like, no, they, this is, they know this, these vines can't get out. They are not just trying to protect themselves. They are trying to do this because they know these vines cannot get out into the world because it would destroy it. Um, but, but there's a, the, the biggest, like, whoa, that happened. Uh, there's really two of them. But the one... Um, you learned that, the, I mean, again, the whole reason they're doomed is that they have stepped on the vines. As soon as you touch the vine, you are done. That vine is is in you. It is going to get you. You cannot get it off. You cannot take your skin off. You cannot shower. It's It's got you now. You are touched. And at one point, uh, it's kind of halfway through the movie, where, you know, the it's, I think it's Amy and Jeff are down the mountain, and they kind of mm-hmm. are just screaming, and they're thinking, like, maybe we can just run. And Amy flips out, and she just picks up the vine and th- like hurls it at the the Mayans and it touches a little boy. It just touches him. It just grazes him. And then immediately, you know, there's some screaming, but very quickly, within 10 seconds, they shoot the little boy. And it, it's like, it, it, it's, it's a, that's a heavy thing to do in a movie. 
and it's not in the book. That does not happen in the book. In the book, but it is such a clear. You know, it, it is ugly to watch, obviously. But again, they don't linger on it. There, I think there's restraint in how it's shown. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just one of those things where, like, right? I don't need to see the plant winding around everybody and taking them down. That moment of seeing how scared somebody is of the vine is enough to tell you how dangerous they are. Yeah, it's it's a really good shorthand because the mm-hmm. book, it's not an overly long book by any means, but it's still a novel yeah. and this isn't a 90 minute movie. So there are some things you need to kind of do a shorthand or or cut out or mm-hmm. and I think they, they effectively illustrated the stakes yeah without ha- i mean because in the book it's over multiple days and it's yeah. it's very rapid in the movie it's like two two nights i think it seems like it yeah like and the book starvation is going to be as big a factor yeah. as just you know being killed by the vines yeah and i think that that part of it which i think is smart because there's a lot in the book about uh collecting water and rationing yeah. food and we we don't have time for that in the movie because it's also a shortened timeline. So right. it all really works. Yeah. And I miss that stuff because I liked that. So, so I actually, you had asked me how I want to approach it. And I thought maybe we could go character by mm-hmm. character and talk about the the differences because that to me is the most interesting thing that the characters all do the what they need to do in both the, the movie and the novel, but they do different things. And I think it's really interesting how certain things were switched or repurposed Mm -hmm. or changed around, all to very good effect. Yeah, I I agree. I think that is, like, yeah, agreed completely. Who do you want to start with character-wise? I'm all for that. Okay, well, so can we start with my favorite? Is it Jeff? It is Jeff. Of course Jeff is my favorite. but in the book, Jeff is my favorite. In the book, I really relate to Jeff. Um, he's obviously deeply flawed and stuff, but there's this sense of like this this like almost like burden of leadership, but yeah. but it's completely understandable. Like he doesn't necessarily want to do it, but he kind of does want to do it. Jeff no to me was the most in- like, I don't know that I like liked him. Like Jeff was the most interesting character to me on the page. Yeah, he he was very complex and and messy, but like in an interesting way because because when you think of like a messy character, it's usually that they're like emotionally all over the place. But but he he's quietly messy and mm-hmm. and his youth kind of sticks out because they're supposed to be very like early early. They're twenty two. They all graduated, yeah. or at least the four Americans are all. They have graduated undergrad, and they are all heading off to grad school in some form. And mm-hmm. and Jeff in the and in the book, it's both Jeff and Amy are going to med school. In the movie, it seems like it's only Jeff. Yeah, but again, like I, I think there are reasons for that. But Jeff is your like I I, I recast it a little bit when I read, um, and Jeff for me, even though part of it, and there's a reason for it because I think Jonathan Tucker. Is, a, is to me a little bit sweeter than I would have had Jeff on the page. Mm-hmm. On the page, Jeff is a little bit colder. Jeff is... Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. He's going to be a doctor. He was an Eagle Scout. He is clearly the alpha male, has always been the alpha, has always assumed... He knows the life he's going to have. He is going, whether he marries Amy or probably a less complicated woman down the line who is still a few years younger and attractive. Like, 
it just it all feels very like oh yeah i know jeff as, as the type of jeff and that's what's so great is then to get this man who is you know would eventually be kind of a master of the universe type guy but he is in the situation where he even realizes i had everything i i had all the skills to survive but i can't survive this all of that meant nothing mm-hmm. and so i had him as like a, a young chris evans that's not bad yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's solid yeah just where you get a little bit more of like a blankness to him because mm-hmm. i think on screen and this is also a big change in the the movie kind of keeps there the characters on the on the film are it's fascinating how they there are no oh simple she's the good girl he's the bad boy like this or that yep but they're a little bit um and i think this is the nature of a film and i think you have to do this they are ultimately a little bit more you have to sympathize with them you have to like them yeah and jeff on screen gets to be a hero he sacrifices himself for amy and that is not the case in the book and i i love that i I think it's absolutely fine like sure a darker movie could have done this differently but i don't think you could have done that in a way that the audience would feel connected to it at all Uh, for sure because there's a lot of stuff missing of of jeff and amy's relationship and i i think the complexity of of how Amy and Jeff die in the book as opposed to how Amy and Jeff will die or don't die <laughs> in, in the movie. It, it's different because like what happens to Amy in, in the book is tragic and kind of Jeff's fault, but yeah. kind of not. So, so like, I almost feel like the movie is a bit of a redemption, mm, even yeah. though we don't know. It's a little kinder the to the characters. For, for sure. And I think that that's warranted because, again, mm. you don't have these days of starvation right. to yeah. push these characters to the edge. And characters because, fighting over food and hoarding yep. food, which is a big thing in the novel that Amy takes an extra grape. And Jeff yeah. knows. And he doesn't say anything, but he knows. And it's, ugh, it's chilling. It, it's it's very interesting. So because you you lose a lot of like the smaller character stuff or like even 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 the points that they keep belaboring around preparation and food in the book, you miss a lot of that. So if Jeff had this overwhelming resentment towards Amy in the movie, you would be like, "Bro, lay yeah, off of her." Exactly. Like calm down. But like in the book and not to be like I don't want this to come off misogynistic, but in the book I couldn't stand Amy and I right. thought Jeff was completely justified in all of his feelings about her in the movie i don't i think that she's just a little whiny and yeah kind of just like i didn't want to come like that's not anything that you like hate a character for. i think it's funny when i was reading the book it took me a little bit to get into the characters because i was maybe like 50 pages in and i, and I wrote a note i'm like i i don't like anyone but i also don't think scott smith likes any of them but also i don't think the character any of these characters like themselves except for yes. maybe jeff Yep. And that's where I think I, I realized like, once I had that realization of, right, the characters don't like themselves either. They are all fairly self-aware that they are kind of flawed human beings, that Amy, you know, will will do things and say things and she'll say, oh, I, like she knows. Why did I say that? Why did I keep doing that? Um, and it it's 
complicated because people are complicated. And if you're, you know, I, I want to read a novel where I don't know fully if I'm not immediately in love with every character on the page, because in real life, I don't fall in love with every person I meet on the street. Yep. But the problem is when you are making a movie, you, you know, the first thing, you know, a test, you know, you do a test audience. And the first thing you ask them is, okay, so did you like the characters? And if you, it's the reality. If you hate every character on screen, especially in a horror film, if you are not caring about them when they are going through this hell, then what is the point of watching it? Then you are just enjoying their pain, and yeah. this movie is not asking you to enjoy their pain. So I, I Which think it, I appreciate. Yeah. That, yeah. That's such a good point, because you said it earlier, and Zach and I were talking about it when we just watched it, but this did come out very much at a time where why wouldn't mm. you assume this was torture porn? Totally. Why wouldn't you assume that this was just going to terrorize, like a Tourista's, terrorize yeah. these poor, poor college yep. kids? And and that might be what I might have gone into it the first time just with that assumption. So yeah. that when people started cutting into their skin and, and breaking legs, I was like, okay, this is exactly what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. But it's not. No, I know you're right, though, because I think it's easy to watch this movie and and be like maybe even finish it and still think like yeah those pretty dumb americans but and it feels on paper like the exact story and teristas came out around the same time is often mm-hmm. compared to this mm-hmm. um except teristas is just kind of stupid <laughs> like, yeah i just rewatched it i think we talked about yeah we it. did I, it's I, very stupid I, I don't know how many times i need to see it before I, it sticks in my head that it's i just don't like it yeah, because it's dumb. <laughs> and like, it really isn't a great story. No, and the characters have nothing to offer, and they are like, you know, the promiscuous girl is the promiscuous girl. And mm-hmm. in this case, even though they are types, if you look at them quickly on paper, okay, the blonde, and yeah, she's naked in the beginning, so we know what she is. And the guy with longer hair, so he's a little doofier. And then there's the brunette, so we know she's going to be the final girl. And it, like, yes, but absolutely not. And it's... Ugh. It's so, and it's not making a point about it, uh, and it doesn't feel like it's forced, but you, like, the more you engage with it, and I think especially now, this movie being, what, 18, 17 years old, mm-hmm. and looking at it and realizing, like, no, this was actually really progressive writing and characterization that just is so subtle in just how different it is from a lot of what else was coming out at this time. That's that's very true. It's it's very unique, and and I worry that sometimes people do what we just talked about and just yeah. as, write it off, assume. There's a couple moments where the effects haven't aged that great, but I would say overall, it it does not suffer from its, its no, I, yeah, time I, period. So it, I think it's still infinitely watchable, and I hope that more people give yep. it a chance or give it another chance if they if they already saw it. Yeah. Um, you make a really interesting point about the archetypes, which is something that's present in the book that is missing from the movie, mm. which makes me sad because it's a running thing in the book, um, especially towards the end where, where you know, in, in the Vine weaponizes it. Eric says Matthias is uh, not, he'll be the Nazi. Right. And- yeah, they, they talk about if, if they made a movie out of this. And I actually wrote down a line because uh, it's one of the lines that I think it's Eric who says, like, well, if they make a movie of this, one of you will be the Pris and one will be the slut. Yep. 
and and also yes and we need a villain and it's matthias we're gonna say his name differently every time uh because he's german so he's the nazi and then yes the vine weaponizes that and uses that to tease matthias uh in a really interesting way and they talk about that on the commentary of how like look we try like we knew the vine had to do some mimicking but we couldn't do it too much because we knew that we we didn't know how to do that without it coming across as silly so for the vine to call him a nazi would not have worked i and i completely agree because it, it works really all that stuff works well in the book but i can't imagine doing it on screen and i just think as as very pro slut i just think it's really funny spoilers yeah. that eric is is just and then weaponizes it against stacy you'll be the slut you're the slut yeah she, she's been unfaithful in the book whereas in the movie it swaps and yes it's amy things. who's cheated before and who kisses but matt Mateus. In, in in the book it's firmly stacy and and yep. so he you know weaponizes that you're the slut you're the slut and then spoilers stacy ends up being the, the final girl the, final girl not in a great way no. but like she's the last one standing so i thought that was a really fun inversion because Same. while the the deaths kind of they they unravel in the movie a little bit more the way that you'd expect them to at least the order but in the in the book it's very surprising who dies with well and the the pacing of the deaths is really interesting in the book mm-hmm. because you go i don't know it's probably like it's a about a 300 page book i think you're like 210 into it when amy does like it's far like there is nobody yeah. dying and until you get to that sort of third act and it, it's amy and then it's still a little bit of a wait before it's the next couple of characters mm-hmm. and i actually something um uh that i think is really effective is that and again this swaps and we'll get to the characters in a second but the character who breaks his back in the book that he lives so long yep i love that and i almost wish he would like if i would have made one plot change if i was you know editing i would have said you know you know who actually should be the last one alive and we don't even see him die is the is the greek or the guy or mateus whoever you want to call yeah. it, the guy with the broken back because there is something i think that is so upsetting about how long the body yep. can go when it is done and that all of the, this guy should have died immediately but he didn't and now he's mm-hmm. kept alive and he's still alive and he's still alive and there's nothing there but what do you do and i think that's one thing that i'm like you know i feel like like that's one change i would have made but i'm i'm not an editor so no i i agree cuz i i deeply missed that so in the in the book the greek is is pablo and in the movie, it's Dimitri. I think probably because they couldn't explain why. He yeah, there just wasn't as much time. It to was do. no well, time. And the Greeks apparently weren't in a draft. Like initially, Scott Smith just omitted the, the Greeks entirely and didn't think the book needed the movie needed it. And the reason it wasn't so much to get Pablo in there to get shot early. The reason they, I think it was Carter Smith, kind of said to Scott Smith, like, "No, you need the idea of the Greeks." Because you need there to be a kernel of hope for the entire film. Mm-hmm. Because the reason they are not completely doomed is that they know we left a map for the other Greeks. They're going to be here. They're going to be here. It might be a day. It might be three weeks. They might fly home and say, wait, Dimitri never came home. Let's fly back. But they they know where we are. They're going to be here. And I think that, and also then it gives you like the final moment of the film, uh, which is there in like every single ending of the yes they do show up and now they're doomed too but um but yeah so that being one one big switch and i think uh, again i'm glad they put that back in but yes 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, again, very pro the movie, but I, I do think there's something that that adds to the desperation in the book. In that they don't speak the same language. They don't speak the yeah. same language. Exactly. There's yeah. no way to communicate. Whereas when it's Matthias in the in the movie who falls to the bottom of the well because Dimitri dies before they even get onto the room. Yeah, Dimitri is shot by the Mayans mm-hmm. right away, which I think is also a smart filmmaking decision because you're trying to get action in there early because you know Definitely. you have teenagers watching and they might get bored and so on. I totally understandable decision. Yeah, but I really because Matthias now can he can tell them like yes, I consent to yeah. you breaking my legs, yes. whereas Pablo couldn't. He, yeah. they just, so Jeff was very much, and Matthias in the book, because that's another thing you lose in the book. Jeff and Matthias are essentially buddies. Yep. Like they're, they're each other's rocks in this, which was, which was interesting because Jeff gravitates towards him and not his girlfriend, mm-hmm. Amy. Um, but in, it, in the book, it's Jeff and Matthias kind of, mostly Jeff, deciding what he thinks is best. Yes. And it's, it's not like he's, I bet there's there is probably a bit of ego to it, but a lot of it is just driven by common sense. And he was like, "Okay, we need to get this guy's legs off because he's going to get sepsis, septicemia, and mm-hmm. die if we leave his legs on." And he just has to convince everybody or bully his way into doing it. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, Matthias can just say, "Like, yeah, do it." Right. Yes. Yes. I I can say you're right. And I think that also with Jeff, it's that doctor mentality, the surgeon mentality, mm-hmm. right? The like how surgeons have the God complex and it, it, it's, it's disturbing. It is scary. And in the movie, like it is upsetting. And yeah, like that's probably the big um, set piece in a way is, is the breaking of his legs. But it, and there is outcry there. There is everybody realizing, no, he can, he's screaming. You said he couldn't feel it. He can clearly mm-hmm. feel it. But in the book, it, it does, it's more chilling and it it villainizes jeff but jeff also seems to realize that huh okay maybe i shouldn't have done that yeah uh character wise i guess you want to move on to amy sure let's do it yeah so amy played by jenna malone yes uh again on in on the page is not a character you want to be the final girl i'd say um she is, and again, like, I hate using these terms about women, but, like, the book makes it clear. She even acknowledges that, that yeah, she's kind of a sourpuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is whiny. She is not enthusiastic. She can be a drag. <laughs> and that is a really hard thing to put on screen as your, even if she wasn't the final girl, which she is in the film, um, but, but just when you put that character out there, it's a tough thing. And I think they do pull back a bit. But she is not, it would be very easy to have made her um, a very likable, sweet, oh, we don't want any, oh, like, yeah, I'm rooting for you to get away. And instead, you're not sure if you're rooting for her to get away at the end. But I don't yeah, think that's, that's necessarily true. just the character. That's all this is, the situation. Yeah, that's defi- definitely the circumstances come into play uh, uh, on that. But I, I do think in the book, yes, I find Amy to be... Um, while I understand where she's coming from, I hate all of her choices. Yeah. Um, and in the movie, I don't know that I feel that way. But in, and again, you don't have the time and you don't have the deep inner 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 mm-hmm. working stuff so that you can kind of see her rationale because sometimes her rationale doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. And and there again, the starvation and comes into play. Yeah. 
and and we don't really get as much of that like who who are these people now kind of stuff like yeah. this this has truly transformed them in the book to the and, and not to talk about Stacy again she's my second favorite but oh, yeah agreed <laughs> Stacy towards the end of the novel is very much who, who am I is this even me anymore and yeah and the movie doesn't deal with that but for me that's one of my favorite things that the story does I think is that like I am transformed by this event if I were to leave this place who would I even be mm. yeah crazy it's crazy it's so interesting yeah, let's move straight to Stacy because I again I think they something else the movie does is it swaps them a little bit in different mm-hmm. plot things. And the, I mean the big thing is the you know which one has cheated on her boyfriend, and in the in the book again we said it was Stacy. Stacy's just rather like the the nickname for Stacy is Spacey. That mm-hmm. she just seems like a little bit uh, you know who I had her as. Um, oh, cool. I always. I know I always can't remember her first name if it's Ashley or something else, but Hannah from Pretty Little Liars. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because kind of like a little dumb, but not. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like you have a conversation with her and she's, you know, that. that. But also is dealing with a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And again, her um, character reassignment in a way between book and movie, I think is again a smart decision i think it it ends up allowing the movie to say things in regards of how she's used but in the book she is the last one standing she uh because she is not infected by the vine that is eric which we'll get to in a moment Mm -hmm. but she everybody else around her has died and she you know gets the final chapter to sit there and figure out what's going on and what what it means and she takes herself to the bottom of the hill so that and this like to me is like the biggest tragedy of it is that she just wants to die there at the bottom of the hill so that her body can be a warning to the greeks when they show up so she slits her wrists and then what happens the vines take her away and she realizes as it's happening that it didn't even matter she can't do anything mm-hmm. um and it just feels like such a a waste of a of youth i guess it, the whole thing does, right? Yeah. The, the whole thing, it, and that's why at, when they're when they're making the maps, or when they're on the bus, or when they're getting into that that pickup truck, you're like, just just not, right? Just go back. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just yeah, turn around. Go to the beach. Go to the pool. Just don't do it. Go to the pool. And pool's great. A, there's a big aspect of that in the book, which I think is a very understandable. Of these exhausted starving gross disgusting people being like, I just want to take a shower. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to eat something and it's again very relatable and very scary in how relatable it is because we're all just one awful decision away from being like Mm -hmm. well (laughs) yeah and and as a very pasty white person with sensitive skin the book does a very good job of talking about how sunburnt they are yeah and there's a there's a great like little thing that happens in the book that just i think it's funny how how impactful it is which is when they stop at the town first and stacy i think buys sunglasses and a kid steals them. Like, a kid mm-hmm. just steals them from her and runs away. It's, it's sunglasses or her hat or both. And then, like, throughout the book, she just keeps thinking about that. Like, mm-hmm. she's so hurt by it at first. Because I think, like, they also maybe, like, cop a feel. So yeah, she's just like, yeah, she's uncomfortable by it. And just this thing that, like, you know, happens to a lot of women and we brush it off. But it also sits with you in a weird way. And then so quickly, it's like, oh, it would have been this would have been easier if I had my sunglasses if I had my sunglasses Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing that just keeps 
going in there uh and the movie even like i I thought it was gonna be a bigger factor because the opening scene when they're at the pool and jeff points out to amy hey you're getting sunburnt and i'm like yeah you're gonna get a lot more sunburnt over the course of the next 90 minutes (laughs) yeah it doesn't again i think because they don't have the time no completely we don't have time to for them to deal with those little little right real life things i guess because we're so busy dealing with like the drama of the movie and here is the basic difference between books and movies you just get a lot more of that like yeah atmospheric scene setting stuff in the novel and you're you can more easily put yourself in that position Mm -hmm. because yeah oh i would be really upset too if i didn't have x or i would be pissed off if i thought oh i should take an extra tube of blah and Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah. Very now, relatable context. Yes. Now the big other switch with Stacy is that plot wise, Stacy and Eric switch. In yeah. the book, Eric is the one who cuts his leg and it cuts his leg and then Stacy jerks him off and that kind of invites the vine into him. Uh, and in the movie, it is Stacy who gets infected by the vine, where the vine is inside of her, she feels mm-hmm. it, we see it, she is cutting herself. Um I think this is brilliant, and I think there was a lot of different things going in there. I Before I dive into, like, my essay on that, what are your thoughts on that switch? So that's the original way that I know it, obviously, sure. because I, I watched the movie first. I I really like, in, in the novel, um, that it's Eric. I like how Eric deals or doesn't mm-hmm. deal with it. I like the, the – I don't like it, but I enjoy reading the way that they – uh, uh, unintentionally gaslight Eric. Um, yeah. And I really like the way Stacy is then forced to interact with him. It yeah. changes their dynamic a lot. Mm-hmm. All that being said, for me personally, having a woman be the one getting attacked from the inside and trying to cut it out for some reason is just much more affecting to me. Yeah. I, and I think it's, some of it is just the basic fundamental thing of the same reason why we have more final girls than final boys Mm -hmm. it's easier to feel for and sympathize with uh, a woman a vulnerable woman than it is a vulnerable man Mm -hmm. just that is our natural inclination is if a woman falls in front of us we immediately jump to help her if a man does we might but we first wait to see if he wants it kind of thing um and i think the other part of that that i think is genius is that we have the Early, like the second scene of the movie, is Stacy and Eric like about to have sex, and she's naked. Like she just gets out of the shower, she's naked, she's gorgeous, beautiful body, young woman, and you know she jumps in bed with him, and she's I think she's like owes him a blowjob from like losing a bet the night before, mm-hmm. and it's not salacious. It's not like hey, look at the TNA. Like yeah, there's boobs in this movie. Like it feels really natural in the moment of, yeah, you take a shower, you're naked, and then you jump in bed with your boyfriend. Like, this this all fits. And it also gives us this, like, you know, this moment of, like, what you expect in a movie about young people, which is, yeah, like, young, hot people in a horror movie. I want to see their bodies. Like, this is part why it's appealing, is there everything is nice to look at. Mm-hmm. So then for the movie to take her body and transform it, Yeah. Right. Now she's still really scantily clad because it's hot and all of her clothes are just melting off. And she is standing there in a bra and panties. Only she is stabbing herself and pulling something out of her. And 
I just think it's like a very clear and again Carter Smith came from fashion photography like he knows how to shoot a woman to make her look however she's supposed to look and I think it's just like really really again like without ever saying it without any of the script acknowledging it like I feel like it's really really specific that this is the character who we have seen like full lost youth in I guess Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it it is um it's very it is very affecting um just to see how quickly like she's turned from a confident like sexy lady to just this shell yeah. this the, and, and where her what, what I assume if she's comfortable enough I, I know it's her boyfriend but if she's comfortable enough to walk around naked and be hot to then actually like have to rebel against your own visage is something that I am very familiar with as a chronically ill person. There's an aspect of that to me that's very affecting that it feels very familiar. Like I am now at war with my own body Mm. and, and it's very sad to see, especially because of how, how much they have to speed it up in the movie too. Um, With Eric, you, you kind of, if you didn't know any better, you might agree with everybody. Like it's, you could just cut yourself with a dirty knife jerk. Of course you're, you're swollen and inflamed. Why don't you chill out? But, but like with Stacy, there's no room to be like, is she? Yeah. Cause we're seeing it's, it. Yeah. Like, it's like, there's still something in here. And then maybe there's like a five minute break where we're like, I don't know, is there? And then you yep. see it. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, because it's a real big revelation in the book when, when Eric's right, you know? Like, Eric is right, and it's a surprise. You're like, oh, no, he's right. <laughs> right. But there's an aspect to Stacy where you're like, just fucking listen to her. She's right. Yeah, you're you're pretty sure. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Please listen to her. It's as bad as she's afraid it is. It's as upsetting as she thinks it is. I just, please all get on board with her because she's all alone cutting herself. Yeah, yeah. and it's going gonna, gonna to have to cut herself in places you can't cut. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there's a... I think the hopelessness of Stacy's situation is amplified when you know the hopelessness of Eric's situation in the book because it's real, real bad in the book. Like yeah. he describes it in his chest. Mm-hmm. He 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 cut he cuts his ear off. Yeah, in the, it's a lot. It is. It's a yeah. lot. Yes. Oh. And I mean, moving right over to Eric. <laughs> yeah, I love Eric. Yeah. I love both versions of Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, Eric is a lot less serious there's there's an aspect to movie eric that is kind of like quietly on board but like deferring to jeff but like in the book he's so i mean he gets he gets vined pretty quick and that's all he cares about he doesn't want to think about capturing water he doesn't care about yeah which banana piece jeff gives him like he's he's very focused on his own thing and his spiraling mm. yeah and he's like, I feel like the early chapters on him are really just clear. Like, he's the lighter guy. Like, mm-hmm. he's not going to be a doctor. He's going to go teach kids. And something that I think Scott Smith does that's really smart in writing Eric is that, like, Eric seems, and I think this is very true of Jeff as well, like, um, they think in a different language in a way mm-hmm. that, like, Jeff goes into, like, Eagle Scout stuff and how to cauterize a wound and this stuff. And Eric is a big like word guy. He's going to be an English teacher. And so his, it's a lot of like stream of conscious of him doing word associations and like that kind of thing. And he has this kind of interesting relationship with Pablo 
that just gives him like he's really clear on the page and i think sean ashmore is great and i think like i i get him again i i i saw sean ashmore when i read because it was just a very easy like yeah this kind of laid back guy like you know he's he's good looking but he's not like super good looking he's you know kind of the the guy that your friend is dating like (laughs) like that type of guy Mm -hmm. um but i do think he has like a really clear personality uh on the page um and yeah, and, and I agree. I think the the switch makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I I I like him a lot. I do. I agree that he is he is childish and kind of obnoxious, and I wish that he'd be a little bit more serious and all that stuff. But like he he feels like a a twenty two year old guy that I would have met. Totally, totally. Like he feels very real in mm-hmm. his in in the ways that he is childish. Yep, it feels authentic and stuff. And. And, and and he he is a little infuriating in the book, but again, he gets vined. He's so vined. Yes. Where you're like, I get it, bro. God, I would be insufferable if I was vined because I I would be convinced I wasn't vined. Like I'm a very, I I'm like I I'm so, there's some there's got to be a diagnosis for this where I'm like an anti hypochondriac, but also hypochondriac. So I think like yeah, I probably have that, but it won't matter. I don't need to do anything about it. Like I'm fine. But yeah, I definitely have that. So like, I, I don't even know what my vining would be. I'd probably just function. I think I would be able to function the entire time and just keep itching. And everybody would look at me and the vines would be like popping out of my face. And I'm like, no, it's fine. This is nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just keep, keep, keep doing it. Yeah, I want banana. Give me banana now. Yeah, no, I know I can't eat it because the vine has warped my mouth and I can't actually open it. But just like stick it in my ear. It's good. That's so funny. And then eventually oh, I'd be dead. That, that's how I'd, I'd fare on the runes, I think. Know thyself, right? Yeah, it's important. So onto that, I guess our our next character is Matthias. I I'm I'm deeply I am honestly deeply disappointed that he is so scaled back in in the movie, um, and that his trajectory is is changed to that mm-hmm. of, that of no legs. Because um, in the book he he offers a very quiet uh, like. He he's a he's he's an anchor in a different way than Jeff. Mm. Jeff is very like we gotta survive, we gotta we gotta plan, we gotta work, we gotta fix this. But Matthias 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 is just um, he's more quietly like uh, he's accepting of it, but not in like a fatalistic way. He's, he's not sort like, of this is like just the... where we're gonna die. But he's like yeah. this is where we're at right now, and he's kind of the changes. compass. I think of the group. Yeah, because Stacy especially is like really seems to be very like hung up on what he does, and when he like looks at her, she feels like it's like she'll say something, and then he'll look at her, and she'll kind of regret whatever she said. Like she is very kind of intimidated by his presence, and I think his calmness in the case of everything. Mm-hmm. And it makes this very interesting, like. Because it, what's, to me, fascinating on the page is that he is the only real, and I mean, Pablo, too, he is not a point-of-view character. Why do you think that is? Do you think that was just, a, do you think that was a specific decision for him? Because we're inside the heads of the other four, but we are not inside his head. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about it as I was reading, but I just assumed it was because he's not an air quotes main character. Like, our main characters are our our four Americans and 
And I don't know. I, I feel like... The, what do you I don't have know, against never, Germany, Christine? No, no, no. I never... I never... I didn't really think about it. It just was the reality of it. Like, I almost don't feel like I need to know because he's he was... All his dialogue was very clear about mm-hmm. where he was at at any given moment. True. And I, I liked... I guess maybe that what I'm expressing is that I appreciated how straightforward he was. He was very aware of what was going on. He wasn't being negative, but he also wasn't being a, a little ray of sunshine about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, of course, I'm sure there'd be a lot of great interior stuff, but I don't know what else I would get from mm-hmm. things from his perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I think as I'm thinking about it, the fact that we don't get into his head, I think helps with, and again, I'm saying Stacy. I feel like she's the one that's most prominent about although i think eric also especially after he makes the nazi comment that Ooh. there is stuff there of eric thinking like oh my god what is this guy thinking and we don't know because yeah, we know what everybody sure. else is um but it makes us i think where stacy gets very paranoid about Mattias and what if he's judging her or judging the situation we're kind of left in that same place of i don't i don't know maybe you're overthinking it but maybe he is uh so it's an it's just like, I don't know, it, it stands out to me. And I, for the movie, I think that, I don't know, I think he would have been a hard extra character because then he's, I don't know, they're sort of like, they're, they're, um, it's just one more person that sort of bulks up their group. Whereas everyone sort of serves such a specific purpose when he is knocked out. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he really, like, he's he breaks his back, and then he's just laying on a cot the entire time. Yeah, and it's uh, unlike, you know, when that happens to Pablo, and Pablo can't communicate, like, he's still able to communicate, but, like, I mean, not robustly. Right. And not for a very long. Yeah. I, it makes sense to, like, pare down how many people you have to mm-hmm. wrangle on top of that of the ruins too like from a just a screenwriting perspective they have 90 minutes like if you had all four of them in relative good health and matthias in relative and then another guy on a bat like it just it's so many things to juggle in that sure. short time period yeah but i missed it i missed having him around and, and working and being there mm, i get it uh and then the last character again on the page is pablo in the film is dimitri and dimitri doesn't last long but no. I mean, a better way to go <laughs> for him. Oh, his stuff in the novel is fucking awful. It is so awful. Yeah, it's awful, and and just, every, I the the thing. So this is the thing that stuck out the most for me is um, in the novel. Um, Jeff wants to take cut his legs off essentially, and um, they they're arguing about it. And um, he's like, okay, well, we'll put it to a vote because Pablo can't vote. We'll put it to a vote. And and Amy's not even up there. Yeah. Amy's down at the bottom of the hill waiting. And and I just kept thinking, like, I how dare you do this without her? Yes. And how Amy, who you? in the book, is also a medical student. And, and mm-hmm. the first thing she says when she comes back is, like, you can't do that. How could you do that? Like, you know better. No, that isn't what we should have done. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, Yeah, it's definitely it's it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I again for for screenwriting and time mm-hmm. purposes, I get why. Yeah. And just for story pacing, I I get why it was done that way. 
but there is a, this element of like you have this person who's mortally wounded. Yeah. I mean, his, his back is broken that you just can't communicate with. You can't tell them what's going on. No. They can't tell you what they need. It's Ooh. funny too, because that conversation just came up recently, like with a coworker, we were talking about languages and how Greek really is like the expression. It's all Greek to me. Like, no, that's because Greek is not a language you can decipher if your only language is, Eng- is English. Mm-hmm. There is no shared you know, it's not it's not Latin where you can pull things. It's not Spanish. Like, no, no, no. If, if somebody is speaking Greek at you, you you cannot by words understand what they are saying because it is a fo- different foundation of words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is no way. And it's kind of cute in the novel in the beginning, especially of like how they're still able to all like be friends and how they're able to like constantly be on the same page as far as like what time we're meeting and what we're doing and bring some tequila and all of that Mm -hmm. but yet you know when you have a broken back and you are uh stuck on on a mountaintop with killer vines like no that's all gone and you are just alone with these four other people who cannot help you and cannot do anything and it's yeah it's really really effective in the book yeah definitely um so those were the characters and again plot wise let's talk about the ending because it is different between book and film yeah it's very different yeah so book we said um they all die uh essentially in the same it's like the same things happen just to the characters shift around of who it happens to right so Mateus is the one who breaks his back and gets eaten by the mm-hmm. vine Stacy is the one who has cut herself up so badly that eventually she has to be killed but that's after she accidentally stabs Eric on the book mm-hmm. it is Eric accidentally stabs Mattias uh, and Jeff uh, makes a run for it thinking when it starts raining he can get out and he gets shot by the mines yeah. So, and his, oh, his death is great too. Cause like, it's not, again, it's not quick. Like he gets shot, but the vines get him and yeah, knows yeah. the he vines gets, are getting him. He gets, he gets like arrowed in the throat yeah. or something. Yes, that's it. Ooh, yeah. Awful. I just really, like, this is some good body horror. I it don't is, think yeah. we've, re- I've, obviously there's some gross upsetting things. The book, phenomenal, icky, disturbing yeah. shit. Then the novel, the stuff with the legs is so it's so gory yeah so in your face they don't cut away when you think they're gonna Mm -hmm. it's bloodier than you think it's gonna be (laughs) and one of the things that a book can do that a film cannot and i remember this actually from roger ebert's review of the movie perfume was that on the page you can describe smell and you can communicate smell in really powerful ways Mm -hmm. and movies really and i mean i hey you and i say this as people who grew up with the bog of eternal stench but you cannot communicate smell on screen and in the book you have dead bodies you have sweat you have uh characters um going to the bathroom on themselves because of course they are if they are paralyzed Mm -hmm. and you have like where did you poop i didn't even dig a hole i just pooped like Oh, yeah, that's great. Now the vines are going to come take it because the vines like poop. Just there's so much smell and the smell of blood yeah. and the smell of pus and everything. Um, super gross. Yeah, it's super gross. gross. And, I, and I love it. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then in the end, Stacy is the last one left. And Stacy, as we said, goes to the bottom of the hill, slits her wrists, and gets dragged away by the vines. 
in the film. Uh, the Most of the characters are dead. Jeff and Amy have a plan to maybe get away, which is Jeff carries Amy as if she were dead to the bottom of the mountain. Uh, then Jeff makes a distraction. He starts talking to the Mayans, even though they don't understand him. When he gets far enough away, Amy makes a run for it. Mayans shoot Jeff. Uh, Amy, now, there are several different endings, uh, depending mm-hmm. on which cut you have, depending on several things. I had the Blu-ray, so I went through all the endings. Uh, what was your ending? Um, so I think I've seen all of them, but you'll have to remind me. The one that I got when I watched it, which I believe was on the DVD I have? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was um, Jeff dumps Amy all covered in blood. Amy takes off running. She makes it to the Jeep. And then as she's driving away, uh, you see like the vine in her face in like her eye or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. 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 And then the Greeks show up in the mountain. Um, So I believe that, and I'm not sure because that's the one that plays on my Blu-ray as well. And I think that is when I watched this movie, I think that's what I got on, on DVD. I think the theatrical ending may have been the one that is the same exact action, but without seeing the vine in Amy's head or eyeball Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. there is an ending where it's amy in the car driving away and the camera is close up on her face and then it cuts to the greek showing up the mountain yes so i think and i could be wrong about that i've still i've looked it up and i keep like not getting a consistent answer but i'm guessing that was the theatrical ending because it was the still somewhat hopeful of like oh no look she got away but then we're still ending on this like dark note of now more people are going to die up there yeah I think the, like, preferred ending, and that's why it's on the DVD, is the, yeah, Amy gets away, but she gets the vine in her face. So she's screwed. So is probably everybody that she is touching and so on. And then there is an alternate ending on the DVD, uh, which, same ending, Amy gets away. I can't remember. I think they show the vine in her eyeball. And then it cuts to a cemetery, and it's clearly an American cemetery, and you see the you know I've the cemetery yes, <laughs> you've seen it the cemetery worker like walking around and he hears a phone ringing and he walks over and the phone is ringing at Amy's grave and of course there are the red vines are on there so the it, that's yeah. the best one <laughs> uh, that's right? the one that I I watched Brandon had never seen this so I watched it with him and he liked the movie a lot and we watched all the endings and he was like nope that one's silly that one's stupid. <gasps> That's the best one. Because to Brandon, oh. he was like, no. Because then I have to think about, like, how did they get her body there? When did she die? How did this not already happen? How are other people not infected? He's like, it's too much logistics. So so I, I have I have a question. Um, and I think I would need, I would just want your take on it. But in order to solidify my feelings, I would probably need to read the book again. Um, but my question is this. In the novel, are we absolutely clear that the vine is transmissible once you leave the the ruins because i got the impression that it might have been like a religious thing like a sacrifice Mm. offering and i know that they batted that idea around or maybe jeff did but and i don't think we have maybe we just never knew for sure but i thought that was an interesting way to think about it that it necessarily it wasn't necessarily mm. they were keeping them there because they were going to take the the vine and transmit it but they were keeping them there essentially because they entered into the vine space and the vine is sacred or the vine is revered in some way mm. and now the vine just has them 
Huh, that's a very good question. Because initially, as you're saying that, I'm like, no, no, we, we know that the vine would, that if you leave the mountain, that you're going to spread it. But I'm saying that and realizing, no, we don't know that at all. And you're right, there is some, and I don't know if it's Jeff thinking it, or if it's when they're kind of talking things out and, and theorizing. But mm-hmm. yeah, we we don't know. We don't know anything, because we're never inside the Mayans' heads. So we know, the, what, what we know is that um, they would have been fine if they didn't step on it. Because they're, the Mayans, you know, show as, as they have just reached the hill and they have not started walking up the hill. They, in the book, it's really clear. And I think in the movie, actually, it's very clear too. But the book just has a little more detail about it so you can kind of uh, get the geography correct. Mm-hmm. Is that everybody is, they're all standing at the bottom of the hill. The Mayans show up. They have guns. They have a horse. Um, everybody is screaming. Nobody can understand what's going on. They try to, they think they just want money. So they're trying to throw money at them. And the Mayans are just clearly trying to herd them off, but they have no idea what's being said. And because the guy has a gun, they're all kind of freaking out. And Amy is taking pictures Mm -hmm. and Amy just is walking back in order to get a shot. And it's as soon as she steps on the vine that it's, nope, that's when there's no turning back. Um, so in theory, I don't know. I just assumed because of that and because there is nothing, I think, just suggest any like other intentions of the Mayans. It doesn't feel like this is religious. Um, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I I just always took it as like at its word of, right, you've touched the vine. There's no coming back from that now. This is the only place where you can be without spreading it they have salted the earth all around it the vines have never gotten out before and they never will so long as everybody that touches it dies on that hill i and i definitely think that that probably very much what it is but i definitely think there's enough subtext that could just be born of them them Mm -hmm. just obsessively thinking that it's interesting to think about that this is like like an ancient species or animal that grew up from the mine shaft or right. was released from the mine shaft when they started digging. And now it's this thing that is, is just here and the Mayans have to be the stewards of mm-hmm. more, more so just because they are than like of this fear of it getting out. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it's still super interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I guess because the Mayans clearly try to get to yeah. stop it, Yep. Right. They hide the trail as soon as there is a chance that they are, they find it. Right. Because you go back and you realize what happened is they find the trail and that's when the kids run away and they mm-hmm. run away to tell their parents they're going to the mine. They're going to the mine. Yeah. And because they are not, it would be very easy for them to have just immediately stood there and watched them go up and then sat outside and, you know, shoot them if they come down. But they are, they do try to protect them. They try to get them away from it. And that's and that's very true, and I and I think that that really does color the what the Mayans have to do with it. But if they were truly merciful, would they have not just shot them all immediately? Why yeah. leave them trapped up there? So to me, that lends credence to the whole. Mm. Well, they're doing it for the vine because in the novel specifically, yeah. the vine has like tricks. Yeah. And like and like stuff that it does. And we don't really get into that in the movie because there's no time. You're right, because the vine makes smells. 
the vine yeah, it, will suddenly it smells like an apple pie and that's mm-hmm. the vine and there's a couple times where matthias will say like it wanted us to go out there and find that yeah. it, it passes jeff's hat up the hill <gasps> yeah. to them so it's kind of tormenting them and it and has this like wicked them. sense of humor about yeah, it yeah it laughs at them yeah and and, and quite obviously in the novel there's a, a lot of things like that that make the vine another character in the book you are correct <laughs> but, but like there's a part of that where i'm kind of just like i like thinking about it i don't think it's a flaw of the book or the movie or anybody's takeaway it's just fun to think about like well if they really were merciful they would have just all shot them with arrows so that well to, to keep because they knew what was going to happen yeah to keep their suffering from from you know being as awful as they know it can be True. but like it's kind of just like, but then there's that, you can read it in the movie specifically, but like there's a point where they, they're screaming and it just cuts to them like looking at each other, the Mayans. And so there's a part of it like, is this what these white people that came somewhere that they had no business being deserve? Yeah. And that's something that I, the movie could and book both could have done things around but i don't think they had to because i think it's it instead kind of sits there for us to think that very question because mm-hmm. they're and both this is true in both the book and the film they're not like they're they're you know dumb young americans but they're not mean colonizing americans on no. their own right yeah. they're not they don't do anything it's very easy for shorthand to have a character do something shitty they could have you know there's no like I don't know, they walk by a Mayan temple and they, like, urinate on it. Like, there's nothing that they do that fully says they are the kind of Americans that that give this country a bad name. Like, Mm -hmm. no, they're just young people that, like, there's nothing wrong with what they do on paper. They, you know, there's ruins. Ruins are cool. I'd want to go to ruins if I was somewhere. Oh, and Mateus's brother is up there. Okay. So we know this is there. We know it's not like hallowed ground. Like we, we believe we can go there. It's, and it would have been very easy to have them, I don't know, be racist, like make a dumb American comment about something. And they Mm -hmm. really don't like they're, and I, I remember the first time I watched it, I just assumed they were, and I, it wasn't until I kind of rewatched it. I'm like, no, 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 like they're they're perfectly fine in what they're doing, and and so they like do, like, but again, like there's also a little bit of aspect of like, okay, well, all white Americans who go somewhere that they culturally and historically um, represent an aspect of colonizing and abuse and everything else, like mm-hmm. you know, is there that? And I, I don't know. It's it's interesting because I hadn't thought too deep about because, again, the other part of that was to me was, oh, right. Well, I guess if that was me, eventually I would kind of come down to try to run so that I could just get shot because that's a better death than whatever seems to be waiting me up on that hill. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like, is it also the idea of, I don't know, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, kill somebody first to get them out of their misery. But is that murder verse standing back and self-defense being a different justification of using your gun. Yeah, definitely. Cause that's how I initially had read it. Obviously mm-hmm. like that, that they, they're just standing guard because they don't want to be the reason these people die, but they also need to preserve. So they can't let them leave. So whatever happens happens. But when you, in, in the novel, when you get that real sense of the, 
the real repetition of it, how yeah. often it's happened, the fact that it could mimic smells. Like, when did mm. it smell chocolate? When yeah. did it, like, the breadth of that is like, yeah. those, those Mayans fully know what's happening up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's, I don't, it's really I don't interesting. judge them. I don't judge no, them. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That, I, I agree completely. <laughs> But yeah, that, that, that is something I didn't think too much about is really, and I think part of it is because I was reading it and watching it so much con- considering the characters and considering the choices that are made as an mm-hmm. adaptation that I didn't really consider the vine itself. But yeah, there is a lot of intrigue and different ways you can kind of spin what is this thing mm-hmm. and what as a, as a kind of, you know, shoot off of that, what has it done to its surroundings and its surrounding people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's really interesting it's 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 such a it feels like such a tight like um insular story but there are these weird things that kind of spring out where you're like whoa what's the implication of this yeah. what's the and there are parts in it and everyone's super judgy of jeff for this but there are parts where it's like jeff seems to enjoy this jeff seems to be proud of the vine he's fascinated by it yeah it's kind of fascinating yeah. it can like it snaps up and like grabs a rock when he throws it at it or something. Yeah, because he's weird. testing it. He's trying. He's trying yeah. to learn it. Like, what is it? You know, it does it. It understands organic material, but and rejects inorganic material. Like, mm-hmm. just some of those things. That yeah, and it, and it is like you're you're right. We didn't get into that, but it does. It it is has this mean sense of humor in the book. It plays tricks on them. Yeah. It um it does a, one of the things it does. And again, it's there in a little bit in the movie, but the way it tries to, it pits Stacy and Amy against each other. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's bad. It, it wants them to turn on each other quite obviously in, in the book. Like it's its goal. Yeah. Like it's not them. just about killing them and eating them, mm-hmm. which presumably is what it ultimately does. Like it, it toys with them. It's like, a, yep. it's like a, the difference between the way my cats attack something. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is. And that's why that animalistic thing is like, well, is it an animal? Yeah. Is it be, it's, it's interesting the, the way it uses voices in the book. And, and mm-hmm. it's sad that I get why they didn't do it in the movie, but it's sad we didn't get that because that really breeds a lot of paranoia and infighting. Yes. Yeah. Because in, and again, in the movie, like we know that, yeah, Amy probably has cheated on Jeff and we see her kiss Mateus in the very opening mm-hmm. scene. But in the book, even though we know Stacy has in the past cheated on Eric, in the book, the vine is trying to make Eric believe, and it does, that Stacy and Mateus are having sex. Mm-hmm. And they're not. They didn't. But it has heard sex before, so it can mimic it. And it's doing that, and they all hear it, and they can't go away. There's nothing they can do except cut off their ears to not hear it. It's, it's wild, yeah. Yeah. Um. Other thing that I just wanted to throw out was uh, the deleted scenes. There are a few on the DVD. And again, it's one of those cases where you where you watch a really, because this is a really tight movie. It's 90 minutes to the T. Mm-hmm. And every deleted scene, you're like, oh, yeah, I get why you'd film that. I also, you made the exact right decision to cut it out. Um, there's one scene where it rains. Um, which is this moment of hope because it rains and they can, you know, and in the book what that does, like that happens in the book and it makes sense because it's like, okay, we're not going to die of thirst up here. We're still going to die in horrible ways that are probably worse than thirst because now we're going to be kept alive longer. But we also then have the moments of not capturing the rain correctly Mm -hmm. or fighting during the rain and we didn't catch it. So it like, it adds more drama to the book, but on film, 
completely. All it does is break things up and suddenly, oh, things aren't as bad as they could be because it rained. Mm -hmm. Um, There is one scene after Stacy and Eric die uh, in the film. It kind of immediately, it's Jeff and Amy going down the hill. And there's a deleted scene where it's the two of them like spending one last night together talking a little bit about their plan. And again, it's like, it's a kind of nice scene to have the two of them because Amy is apologizing um, for, you know, for all the things she did. And Jeff is very just forgiving and very nice. And you're like, no, 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 like, we don't need that here. That totally breaks the tension of us not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. And then the um, last one. And again, this is on the page. There there are, I think, three bottles of tequila that come into play quite a bit. Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool thing because I, it's something I love when any book or movie does it, when they keep a really good inventory of supplies and you as the reader know. I know. Right? Like, you knew when they were down to one bottle, right? Can I tell you something that I noticed watching the movie and I lost my my shit and I made Zach rewind it. Um, So at the very beginning, when Jeff is trying to get Amy to like get on board and come, they're in the hotel room packing up and Jeff grabs two protein bars, a banana and two iced teas. And I almost lost my mind because that's exactly what they i'm like i they have that up there i know what they have and they have grapes and a tuna sandwich mm-hmm. and they have an orange yep and they, eat the <laughs> and they have a can of coke yep. i know everything they have and the fact that like in the movie i could see him grab that shit yeah it was so satisfying and there, there's and even a deleted scene of them eating of them dividing everything up and just eating like there's like one more scene of that Love it. yeah Love it. yeah no, it's it's important. Uh, but and the the drinking in the book is a big thing because yeah. like a lot of the characters are drinking and of course Jeff the entire time is like don't this is terrible like this is the worst thing you could do right now you're just dehydrating yourself. But they do it for different reasons and again if I'm stuck on a hill and I'm going to get killed by vines I probably would also like some tequila. Uh, and in the book it's it is what leads to Amy's death because she has drank most of the tequila. Uh, and so there was a deleted scene where the characters drink, just where it's like one of the nights and they pass it around and Jeff is like, we shouldn't do it. And they're like, oh, come on. Like, what else are we going to do? And it doesn't do anything. Like, it doesn't turn into them drunk. But it's one of those, like, other cases where I watch it. I'm like, I bet they cut that, not even for pacing, but because somebody watching that said, if I'm an audience member watching this, I am now thinking, these idiots, why are they drinking? Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things that, that runs through your head of, yeah, don't, the audience is already going to have their kind of quills up thinking, I don't know if I should like these people, to give them, and and again, something I love about this is that there's nothing they could have done. There is no way out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't want to give anything to a, like, you know, kind of wise-ass horror audience to say, well, they should have just not drunk the tequila. Exactly. Again, with the time, there's in the book, it it is a problem and it causes problems and it was a bad idea. But then you're kind of like, well, do you blame them? So you have time to think and sit with that. But if it was just presented with little context on the screen, yeah, obviously you would use that as a weaponization against them or at the very least. Well, I wouldn't have done that. Well, I Mm -hmm. would have been smart enough not to do that. Why aren't they being smarter? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and in the film, I guess, I think it's in terms of the body count and who's responsible for what, I think the vines only actually kill one character, right? They kill Mattias. Uh, Jeff gets killed by the Mayans. Pablo is killed by the mm-hmm. Mayans. Uh, Stacy 
get ultimately is you know asks i think amy or jeff to kill her and eric uh gets stabbed by stacy mm-hmm. it's similar in the book i mean the, the vines also i think get amy so there's more but the that was apparently like one of the things carter smith said was that uh, of what he found interesting about the book was that, you know, he, he'd be able to make a horror film that wasn't about, like, a tangible villain. There was no masked outsider. Um, he says, these kids are basically doing this to themselves. Uh, and, I mean, they they are ultimately, but also they didn't have a choice. Like, they were going to die one way or yeah, another up there. Yeah. Um, but But it is an interesting way of thinking of it and something else that I can't remember if he said this or that I wrote down I think he said it on the commentary uh that it's it gets to be a claustrophobic story but told entirely outdoors yeah love it which is really cool so true because they have nowhere to go yeah there's nowhere for them to go but like they could that's not how you think of claustrophobia usually it it is quite literal like a crawl space or an attic Mm -hmm. no this is like but they can't they can't leave they there's they they're in this tiny little circle and there's nothing there and and there's all that stuff about like the evidence that people have tried before Mm -hmm. that and adds i think to that feeling like jeff finds finds a pan that had had a a warning scratched into it and like the vine took it down so and it's the same thing with stacy's body at the end of the novel like it pulls her body away. Yeah. Everything, nothing they do matters. And it's kind of like when you know that it doesn't matter what choices they made. Yes. And again, that the vine, it took the sign down, but it left it there so that Jeff could see that somebody was there and they left it. Like just that added sense of just pure evil. Like it it leaves Mateus's brother's body there. Mm -hmm. The vine, it's like the vine knew he would be there and they wanted to save it for him to see and then take it away. Like it just, it is, it's just this pure evil and you know, it's these poor, pretty young people just make one bad decision. Look what yeah. can happen to you people. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So I think that's everything I had to say about the ruins. Uh, I think so for me. It's great. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I will just say, like, if you've seen the movie and you're like, meh, about the book or whatever, um, it's it's a different experience. It's really great. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's so well written. It was very difficult to put down. Yeah. Um, really readable, really fun, but awful also awful. Yeah. So it's it's like my favorite kind of horror novel where it feels kind of epic. Like it's it's nice and meaty. It's a good three hundred pages. It um it just it's giving you something you haven't had before uh it it does something this is just a personal writing style i like is that the the even though it's not real chapters the chapters are quick like it's a couple of pages per character and then it will rotate so it reads really easily to where like you're going to bed and you start reading it and you're like okay i'll read one more character oh no i'll keep going i'll keep going like and it it does it really does keep you going Mm -hmm. yeah all right. And you've seen other things by Carter Smith. I have not. <gasps> He's the best. So um, a new movie just came out called The Passenger. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet. It has Kyle Gallner in it as Yay. well. So I will be watching it very soon. But I, I recommend all of his work very highly. Um, it always looks beautiful. And they always end up being character studies about mm-hmm. people you wouldn't expect. So I did listen to, um, there's a podcast I listened to called Feeling, is it Feeling Scene? I think it's Feeling Scene. And Carter Smith was interviewed on there. And the concept of the podcast is um, 
uh, creators like talking about a movie where they like felt seen where they identified with a character and it's carter smith and he's talking about uh, nightmare on elm street 2 Mm-hmm. Um, so he talks a little bit about, I, this is something I didn't know that he's gay, That so that was one of those, like, oh, first time kind of seeing, you know, a character that I could immediately understand as the main character in a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked a little bit about um, The Passenger and I guess Swallow, and I mean, and I keep meaning to see both of those, and I have not yet, but he he's a bright guy. Like, you can tell he knows his horror history, and that he is, obviously is a very good visual um, artist, but yeah, there's interest. I think he's he he has a point of view, um, and he he this this could have been a really basic movie that nobody would ever talk about again seventeen years later, unless they mm-hmm. you know it was on TV in front of them. But it's it, it's elevated. And I think the character stuff is the main reason why. I agree. I he I think he's tremendous at, at relating to the viewer what what a character is going through yeah and and that's really important um i think when you're doing these like i don't want to call this movie small or tight it's just he has such a, there's such a focus on like pe- the people in them the characters yeah, there's no fat to this movie oh my it's my favorite thing yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> I, I everything matters don't show me something that's yep. not going to pay off don't introduce something that's not going to matter later. I want everything to have a purpose, especially in 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you are 100% right about that. It does. Yeah. yeah that, those power it. bars, we see it. We see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so jazzed about that. Like that, <laughs> le- it, 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 it's it's fun too, because I know, you know, the, the author adapted his own screen, like book for a screenplay. And I think that's where a lot of like, the really good stuff that works comes from but like it's clear that also the filmmaker involved had a had a knowledge and affection of the the story and and I really appreciate that too because it's not some like just just film stuff and throw it on screen kind of adaptation it it feels good with the the feeling of the book everything feels like it were they feel like two little um complementary pieces Mm, yeah to to a bigger picture yeah it's they work together really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if if you are like us in finding that relationship between a book and a film, like in wanting to see what the different ways that's done, I think this is just such a great prime example of how 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 they are two different mediums, how they can do different things. How, again, like I said about smell, like how you can mm-hmm. terrify somebody on the page describing how a body smells versus how you can shoot a film and make it feel so hot. Uh, yeah. They are, they both work and are telling the same story, but in really smart ways. And I think credit to Scott Smith and Carter Smith for, for mm-hmm. putting those together in both ways. Yeah. Fun, fun. It All was right. a lot of fun. Thank you for, for suggesting this. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I'd wanted to do kind of kind of close looks at adaptations for a long time, and I am very glad we did this one to start. So um, if you have more that you'd like to do, please share them. And this goes for our, for our listeners. If there are books and films that you find to be really interesting um dialogues with each other then give us some of those ideas uh i guess on where are we now so you're not on facebook but the group is still on facebook there's a feminine critique Mm -hmm. on facebook we have an instagram that i never use you need to use it more because i never remember to do it i'm really bad at instagram but we're on instagram and i think feminine critique 
pod or podcast. That feels right. Something like that. And we are on Twitter at Feminine Podcast. I think those are all the places. You and I are both on Blue Sky now. Yeah, maybe we should make something for there. We could, yes. Uh, why not? Let us do that. We'll be on Blue Ski at whatever feminine critique thing we figure out how to say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So all those places. Come tell us stuff. And don't forget to get Christine's books because they're amazing. ChristineNickies.com. Uh, yeah, that's me. Indeed. And Emily, too, is really great. And she's a good writer. And oh, you should thanks. follow her everywhere and oh, pay attention to her. You're so nice. You can find me at Deadly Dolls <laughs> in places. You can find Christine at Xteen underscore, make, underscore, right? Most places, yeah. Most places I'm, underscore make peace. Xteen make peace. I'm, I think I'm the only one banging around these days so that's what you think but what if there's another one do we need there's to keep... a lady in the uk who raises greyhounds named christine oh, she sounds delightful i don't want to send her to the ruins <laughs> oh no yeah but i don't know she better be nice to those greyhounds i mean we just have to like send her an all expenses paid vacation to mexico with mm-hmm. really specific instructions on how to find the hidden path and you keep going, and you have to do it quietly, because you need to beat the Mayans before you get there, and then she gets on the hill, and then, did I just threaten um, Vine that, Murder on lovely Greyhound Makepeace? I'm sorry, Miss Makepeace. You did, you did. I'll drop um, a little nap. Okay, yes, with pictures. <laughs> no, but she shouldn't bring the dogs there, because I don't want the dogs getting vined. Well, there you go. Mm. Stay away. Oh, Stay all the horrors I've just inflicted ruin. on this poor woman I don't know. Well... Unless your name is Christine Makepeace, uh, and you are not the Christine Makepeace <laughs> I am talking to right now, you all have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Tui, I don't know what else I can do for you. Are you a sickly little plant, or are you just plain stubborn? What is it you want? What is it you need? I've given you sunshine. I've given you dirt. You've given me nothing but heartache and hurt. I'm begging you sweetly. I'm down on my knees. Oh, please grow for me. I've given you plant food and water to sip. I've given you potash. You've given me zip Oh God, how I missed you Oh Pod, how you tease Now please, grow for me I've given you southern exposure To get you to thrive I've pinched you back hard Like I'm supposed to You're barely alive I've tried you at levels of moisture From desert to mud I've given you grow lights and mineral supplements. What do you want from me, blood? <laughs>